it takes a lot of time to invest in in your team, but it's absolutely necessary. How do you lead an organization and the people in it? My name is Desi Mayer, and I've been doing both of these for over 15 years. Now it's time for me to give back and help leaders across the country. In this podcast, I share the lessons that I've learned from competing at the highest of levels in sports and small business. Buckle up. It's time to lead. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Lead Podcast. I have Dr. Nicole Wax with me here today, owner, founder of Wax Orthodontics. Doc, thanks for coming on today. Thank you. I'm excited. I always love our conversations. Super excited. We're going to ask some questions. We're going to get into it. I'm sure we'll rabbit hole a few times, but it's going to be fun. Um, If you're out there listening, tune in. Um, Doc has built something from the ground up in a small community and she is in the top echelon of her industry and we're super excited to get into this. So I guess let's start there and just tell us a little bit about like how'd you get started? Why did you come into the orthodontics industry and kind of where are you at today just to give everyone some context? So, you know, when I decided to become an orthodontist, I was in middle school, early high school And so that really set the path of, you know, my focus. And um, I went through all the years of schooling that it takes to become an orthodontist and uh, which was 11 years, by the way, 11 years of college, 11 years, 11 years of college and really one focus, get the grades, get the degrees, become an orthodontist. That was it. Treat, treat patients. That was the only thing on my mind. So when I finished residency in 2014, Mm -hmm. um, it was time to like, you know, figure out where I was going to work. So I narrowed it down to Michigan, the state of Michigan. Well, I love Michigan. <laughs> um, and uh, ultimately talking to a lot of orthodontists all around the, the state, based on opportunity and location, I ended up coming home. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to serve the community I grew up. I loved it here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, live close to my family. Uh, not, you know, I didn't want to miss birthday parties anymore and <laughs> things like that and holidays. So um, no one in the immediate you know area was looking to hire an orthodontist full time. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'll start my practice. I'll just start a practice. Yeah. And I wanted it to be Linden. Okay. Okay. So that really narrowed down the focus, and we had you know about a block this way or a block that way. <laughs> yeah, that's so, it though. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> so um, that was the first time that, that eleven years of school between high school and getting my you know orthodontic all my degrees for to become an orthodontist. Never once did I think about being a business owner or running a business. It hadn't crossed my mind. So here I am opening up a practice and learning how to build out a space Mm -hmm. that hadn't been touched since the early 1900s. Oh, fun. So now I got my contractor hat on and and all of that. And, um, And then because I wasn't, you know, studying science and teeth and biology and all of that, my mind just exploded with marketing and business ideas. Mm. And, and I started pretty much becoming a student of that, honestly. Yeah. And um, so so what I thought was going to be a small orthodontic practice in my small you know hometown of Linden mm-hmm. um, very quickly grew faster than I was expecting. Yeah. Um, and really that's because of how personal we could be with our patients. Okay. It was me and the patient. Yeah. You know, and my emergency employee, which was my niece at the front desk. Right. So very small. So we had tons of time for conversation and personal care and all of that. And people liked um, the energy. They liked how we treated Mm -hmm. them. Customer service has always been very important to me. I'm sensitive to how, you know, people and businesses treat me. I want to do business with 
with places that are friendly and make me feel good, you know, and, and have good service. So mm-hmm. that just naturally was important in my own business yeah. from day one. Um, and so we, we naturally grew from that. So from there, um, you know, now what, eight years later, eight years. Okay. Yeah. About eight years later, um, we're one of the largest orthodontic practices in Michigan mm-hmm. in little Linden, That's you fun. know, so you can imagine how much changes from a startup with, yeah. you know, one employee in one patient or mm-hmm. zero patients really to a large organization with lots of people, yeah, lots of talent, um, you know, and lots of patients. So I'm going to guess that when you started telling people that you were going to do this in Linden, which, you know, those of you who are listening, Linden is not a big town. Like she said, one block each way. <laughs> um, we happen to have two legends in one room right now from Linden. <laughs> so there you go. But uh, I, I'm guessing that wasn't a popular decision, um, even in your industry. Mm-hmm. And you did it anyway. Yeah. What was the what was the drive behind that? Well, I had put a lot of thought into where I wanted to work, mm-hmm. right? And and it wasn't a split decision. I had talked to, you know, I came very close to buying a practice in Traverse City. Okay. And going down the transition, you know, uh, path and, and learning about the practice and very close to purchasing that practice. But something wasn't sitting right. And so I really had to do a lot of um, self-discovery mm-hmm. and thought, you know, put a lot of thought behind that. And it came down to the fact I wanted to be home. Yeah. So at that point, um, I was very sure I wanted to be home. Mm-hmm. And so I did demographic studies. I wanted to know, was, was this a good decision yeah. or not? Yeah. You know, Which and is, that's a common practice in your industry. Common practice in business anyway. You know, yeah. like whether you're putting a restaurant in or orthodontic practice or whatever. For brick and mortar, right? Yep, yeah, exactly. For a brick and mortar, you want to kind of see... Um, will that town on paper anyway, you know, be, yeah, be able to support your type of business. So I did that and everything was like in the red, big red X's on everything, right? Not enough people to support an orthodontic practice, too many other orthos around, whatever. And I was like, okay, well that's good to know, I guess, you know? (laughs) Uh, and it was good to know because I knew, you know, I wasn't going in blindly. I knew that there would be challenges. It would be hard. And, and you think about things different when you know that there are challenges. Yeah. Um, but I'm the type of person that I know that my only limitations mm-hmm. are myself. Yeah. Circumstances and um, anything outside of me, that is, I my results are independent of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I dictate my future. I dictate my success. Um, you know, and really that comes down to work ethic. Yeah. drive and the confidence to know mm-hmm. you're going to figure it out and the confidence to not give up. Yeah. So I think, let me just stop yeah. right there. Cause I think that is an absolute golden nugget for the, for whoever's listening that like you basically said, like, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. Right. I'm going to design what I want. Right. And I don't know if it's possible or not, but I'm going to do it or die trying mm-hmm. because this is where I want to be. And they said that it's going to be hard. And you were like, challenge accepted. Yeah. Right. And I, I think that is so key because you're like, I'm going to lead this anyway. Right. And it's on me. Right. And so I just think that practicing that own accountability of like, I know this is going to be hard, but this is where I want it to happen. Right. I have an emotional tie to this place and I want to grow here. And like you said, 
I'm going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And having the confidence in yourself to be like, and it was probably like, you probably even shouldn't have had that confidence in yourself, to be honest with you. No. Right? Complete naivety, you know, gave For me sure. in, that, in that stage my confidence. Like, no, I can figure this out. Now I look back, I'm like, how did I figure that out? And you're like, why and how? But yep. I did. Yeah. And, uh, and here you are. So, I, you know, I think that's key. Just that drive. And, and I think, some, you know, we get asked the question all the time, like, where does that drive come from? Sometimes it's a challenge. Sometimes it's a negative drive. So honestly, for me, that's usually what drives me the best is negativity <laughs> instead of like, I want to have a six pack uh -huh. versus I'm going to die. Uh -huh. I'm going to die usually pushes me harder. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, that's amazing to hear. I, I didn't want to skirt over that because right. I think that's a key of like, just, just do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and, I, and I love that piece about it. So, so talk to us about it now. Where are you guys kind of currently at? You know, and where are you now wanting to go? Yeah, so a lot changes from when you first start a business, right, to, um, you know, growing rapidly and then reaching a point where you might be considered a larger business, mm -hmm. right? I would still say in the scheme of business all around, you know, overall, we're still small. You know, we have about 30 employees. Yeah. That's still on the small scale. But in small town, that's quite large. Mm -hmm. and, and for me, you know, I consider that kind of large. Um, and a lot different than you and the patient. Yeah, right? <laughs> a lot different than just me. Because what happens is, when it's just you, you can you can move real fast. Yeah, you can move really fast. You can do everything because you're in charge of everything, right? And in operation and in the business is, is smaller, so you can handle everything. Yeah. Well, as more team members come on, assistants, front desk, whatever. Um, you, you reach a point where you can't effectively lead every single person and yeah. you can't effectively keep your finger on every single thing going on in your business. Mm -hmm. So then you have to bring on other leadership, right? And so, so a leader in the business changes from the person doing everything, deciding everything, really having yeah. complete control of over every outcome to, well, now I have to train and work with a leader. Now I have to lead a leader yeah. and trust that they're doing the things they need to do with the rest of the team and within their parts of the business, right? Yeah. Um, so you asked where we are now. Um, we are, you know, rocking and rolling. Mm -hmm. We have three locations. So our team kind of travels between all three. Yeah. Um, we've gotten busier. And so new new challenges, new goals come up, right? So mm -hmm. for me, goals are really uh, what outcomes I want based on the things that I see or notice need improvement. Okay, yeah. So what you know, we, we really care about patient feedback. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's easy sometimes to get feedback and instantly be like, oh no no no, let me tell you why, or let me defend why I did it this yeah. way. We're right, you're wrong, right? We've never been that way. Um, we really value that feedback and we will dive into it in like almost in a microscopic way to say, what can we learn here? Mm -hmm. What could we have done differently? I don't care about what we think we did right. Yeah. What could we have done differently? Because I want to grow out of every situation, right? Um, and some feedback that we've received is if you've been part of the practice from when, you know, we were smaller. Okay. You might have been the only person in the waiting room. Oh, yeah. You could have gotten any time in the schedule you wanted on yeah. the exact day, you know, that yeah. you wanted it. So the biggest feedback we get now, first of all, everyone raves about the people that we work mm -hmm. with. 
I mean, everyone will tell you, you look at our Google reviews, like our team is so nice. Our doctors are so nice because mm-hmm. we only hire nice people. Yeah. Because I like nice people. I don't want to work with people. Well, kindness is one of your guys' core values. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, so that that hasn't changed. And none of our core values have changed from the beginning, mm-hmm. believe it or not. You know, great results, great service, um, you know, a place that makes you feel good. Yeah. But one of the feedbacks that we've gotten that have that has shifted, that we didn't used to get, and now we do, is you guys aren't small anymore. Oh, yeah. You guys are busy. It doesn't feel the same. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a small town mm-hmm. business. And, um, you know, we're diving into that because we aren't small anymore. Right. But we, I have a small town. I have a love for small towns. Like yeah. I'm a small town girl. Yep. I just happen to have a larger practice in a small town mm-hmm. because we did things right. We treated people well and we naturally yeah. grew from that. And so, and of course we want to continue to grow because that means we can help more people smile and be yep. confident with their smile and change people's lives. So we want to continue to grow, but we're, we've heard this enough that, or, you know, enough times that. You guys don't feel small anymore because now mm-hmm. when you're in the waiting room, you're with 20 other people in the waiting room. Right. And you're amongst, you know, 30 Dr. Wax orthodontics people running around and the energy is like great but wild. You know, you walk yeah. in and it's like, well, there's so much energy here. It's uh-huh. not that I'm the only one sitting here. Doctor's going to, you know, talk to me for a half an hour before I leave right. or whatever. <laughs> so I would say that is one of our goals now. How can we continue to grow? Meaning how can we continue to um, help people achieve their smile goals, you know, mm-hmm. change lives in ways you can't imagine. Yep. Um, but yet still make it feel like you're the only person in the waiting room or yeah. the only person in the chair. Um, you know, I think you hit on a really good point there that a lot of small business owners, and I think especially orthodontists, and you and I have had this conversation before, that you said, you know, you went out to help smiles and and fix and fix teeth, essentially. And then you did good at it for a little bit. And then before you know it, you're like, I need some help. Now there's two people. Now there's three. Now there's four. Now there's 30. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, I'm, I'm an orthodontist. And now I'm leading 30 people. That part wasn't in the schooling. <laughs> no, not at all. Right, and I and I think that I think we we skirt over that quickly. You know that like it's not leadership's a skill. We always talk about that, but it, it's not something that we went to school for. Like you went to school because you wanted to help smiles, you wanted to change lives in mm-hmm. that way. But then we run into I'm doing great at that. Mm-hmm. So now I got more people helping me to create bigger impact, and now I have to lead those people. I'm not sure how to do that because you know. You know, when you have one person, that's not too bad. But when you insert 30 humans, there's bound to be some obstacles and opportunities throughout that mm-hmm. um, that are going to cause a lot of challenges. And I, th- I just think there's a lot of small business owners out there that are thinking, man, I'm, I'm, I struggle with this leadership thing. And it's like, you're not alone. All of us do mm-hmm. because that's not what we went out to do. Yeah. Right. We just needed that because we had a vision that is bigger than just us. And we were blessed to the opportunity to actually get to the point where it is bigger than mm-hmm. us. And we need that help, you know, but I think that's key there. Cause you're like, this, this is now pretty fun and it brings a whole new set of challenges, Yeah, you know, which are great. You always want new problems. If you had the same problem you had five years ago, 
I mean, that wouldn't be good, right? You want new problems. Yeah. And with every stage of growth, there's there's new problems. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Um, so kind of segue into that. You've I'm sure you've learned a lot from leading you and your niece to I have 30 employees. So what what's the theme throughout that when it comes to like what was your leadership superpower in going from you know your niece to now 30 employees? Um I think my leadership superpower is um I think I know. <laughs> I have a good guess, I think, at least. <laughs> I think it's honestly, honestly, like, one, not giving up. Yeah. Two, knowing there is a solution to every problem. Yeah. Like, I, I, I want to list the problems. I want to identify the problems very yeah. quickly. And then my hours, you know, and my sleeplessness, nights, and all of that is going to be spent on the solutions. Yeah, like, for every problem, there's going to be 10 solutions. Every, every entrepreneur listening knows exactly what you're talking right? about. Right. <laughs> um. And also seeing potential in other people. Okay. And not giving up on them. Yeah. Just like I don't give up on myself, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, you really need your team. You need your team. Absolutely. In business. And you need them to be the best they can be. Yeah. Um, if you want your business to be the best that they can be. So, um, it takes a lot of time to invest in, in your team, but it's absolutely necessary. Um, because... Uh, a lot of people don't have that confidence we talked about earlier yeah. and they don't see their worth and they, they value their worth sometimes on external factors Yes. or they see something and that's the reason I'm, I'm not performing or that's the reason I'm not, you know, where I want to be in my career versus yeah. let me look inward. So, um, a big part of my leadership style is helping other people grow, mm -hmm. helping other people not only see their, their potential, that I see in them that yeah. they might not see in themselves, um, but help them understand um, and shift their mindset so they can see things a little mm -hmm. differently so we don't get stuck in the same patterns that are keeping us down. Yeah. I think that um, obviously if anyone's listening and they know DISC and they're probably already getting the vibe that, you know, me and Doc's DISC are the same. <laughs> yeah. We're both challenger DCs. <laughs> and I think that it's, it's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say persistence. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I think that that is an absolute key to one, building business, right? And two, leadership. Mm -hmm. Because like, you're going to, you're going to suck until you're good. And that's okay. Like, yep. you know, like you don't get a six pack, then go to the gym. You just got to start, yep. right? And you're un the unwillingness to quit. I'm going to get better. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to fail. That's mm -hmm. fine. I'll learn something and we'll keep moving forward. But just that relentlessness of I'm going to figure it out. And then taking that into another human and saying like, no, no, there's more there. I'm going to get it out. Yeah. Right, whether they come kicking and screaming or not, and that's hard because not everyone wants to be challenged. Not everyone wants to be pushed. Yeah, and you know when we we know that about ourselves, we know that about our leadership style. We mm -hmm. know that that I mean, for you to succeed in our business, we know you need to have you need to be able to work hard. Yeah, you need to be able, you need to have a good heart. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you're just not going to fit with yeah. us, right? And um, you need to be able to be pushed. Because the other important thing on, about leadership is that you're constantly growing and evolving. Mm -hmm. Because leadership is about adapting to the needs of your team. 
yeah. right? And your team is ever changing. Yeah. Um, your business is ever changing. So as a leader, you have to constantly be changing and adapting, learning and growing. Absolutely. As soon as you figure it out, you don't have it figured out anymore. Something yeah. else comes about. And so we know that about us. And we um, mm-hmm. so when we interview, we talk about those things. How do you feel about being pushed to grow, being pushed to do things differently? Yep. Do you, what kind of things do you listen to? You know, if they're, if they're already listening to like, um, self-help podcast, you're my type of people. And so those things come up in the interview because I mean, you, you don't, you don't want to welcome somebody to your team and set them up, set you, you know, them and your, your organization up for failure because they're not the right fit for what you know is what, what's going to come for them. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's just a great, you're, you're practicing what we call rule number six, which is innovating the adapt. Everything changes. People change. Technology changes. The customer changes. Like we have to stay ahead of one, the competition, mm-hmm. right? And two, are, are always looking to continuous improvement. We got to get better. We got to get better. You know, like we tell people all the time, if you ever hear the phrase, that's how we've always done it. Like eh, red yep. light, yep. no go, the flag, 15 yards. Mm-hmm. Like we're always looking to get better. We're always looking for that feedback piece. But uh, I think that's an absolute key that that persistence is almost required, you know, if you're looking to stay ahead of the game, to stay ahead of the competition, being ready for people to change, employees, mm-hmm. customers. You know, how does leadership work now versus, you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID, like all these things are different. If you're not willing to innovate and adapt, you're going to die. Yeah. And as a leader, I mean, years of experience is one thing, right? And we're early, Desi. We're early in those years, right? But we're so engaged in learning and evolving with Mm -hmm. what's needed right now already. But if, but years of, years of experience is one thing. But as you become a veteran leader, the people you're leading have changed a ton, right? And so, you know, I I think across the country, um, you know, there's conversation about a younger generation Mm -hmm. of team member, the 20-something year olds, right? And, And not to, you know, put any generalizations out there, but from generation to generation, you know, the expectation of the employee changes, The mm-hmm. what they expect or want out of their workplace changes, how yep. they need to be led changes. Yep. Um, and that's a, a big topic right now, you mm-hmm. know, because I think that's the fastest growing age, <laughs> you yeah, know, in Gen our Zers. workplaces. And so we need to, that no one knows the golden formula because mm-hmm. leading them versus leading a 40 or 50 year old, very different, yes. you know, or you shared because you you coach in different kind of businesses, right? Mm-hmm. You coach on leadership in different kind of businesses, and um, and I just want to share one of the stories you told me about. There, there's um, you know, a certain group of people, based on their uh, you know, experience or their ethnic background, that value work ethic over safety. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. and if you're a type of business that is might be dangerous, mm-hmm. safety is very important. Yeah, you don't want your people getting hurt on the mm-hmm. job. That's that's not good for business, right? right. And so you have employees that will literally kill themselves mm-hmm. to to work hard and bring a paycheck home to their family. Yeah. So if you're a leader, you have to know the differences between the people that you're leading. Yep. Because how you lead that is going to be very different than how you lead maybe some somebody different. Mm-hmm. So um, we have to be adapting as leaders, and that means like studying up. Yeah. 
ha- listening to podcasts like this, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, because it's uh, there's always something to figure out. Yeah. And if you think you're the best leader and you're doing it the right way for everyone, you're, you're already wrong. By the you know? time you take a deep breath, something has changed. <laughs> it's done. Yeah, yeah. Something has changed. Exactly. You better move forward. Um, I think that's great. Let's talk about the workplace a bit. So the new, uh, the Gallup uh, workplace survey came out 2023. Talked a lot about engagement. Talked a lot about communication between the manager and kind of the frontline contributor um, was the most important piece or biggest variance in that engagement. So let's hone in on communication. What would you say in your experience, in your industry, that you see like what's the biggest communication breakdowns that happen kind of within the team, within an orthodontic practice that you see the most often? I think the most common issue with communication is perception and differences mm. in perspective perception um because you know a a leader or manager could be relaying information coming from the best place in their hearts coming with the best intentions for the team and then the team hears it and then some somewhere in between it coming out of the the manager's mouth and into the ears of the team member they took it a whole different way right Mm -hmm. so it's all perception you know the facts are the facts but we intend it one way and they take it another way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you're actually surveying your team members, which you should, yeah, you should know how they're feeling and how they're thinking about leadership in yes. your organization. And then, you know, take a deep breath and really read it and take it in and figure out how to improve for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, we've done that and communication comes up a lot from the team. Yeah. You know, they want better communication. They don't feel like there's enough communication, right. whatever. And I'm thinking, you know, my initial thought is, oh man, I thought we talk a lot. I can talk, right? Like yeah. I can talk. I, you know, <laughs> right. we our managers can talk. I feel like we're letting them know. So so we had to ask more questions. Well, what mm-hmm. does that mean? What what do you not know that you want to know, right? Because we are happy to share. Like right. we aren't trying to not share information. Um, so it's more the perception and or how they need information. Maybe it's not a quick meeting in the morning while they're thinking about you know, the, the first, the response, their responsibilities coming up in the day. Yeah. Maybe it's, you know, different forms of, maybe it's video, maybe it's, um, different time of the day. Maybe it's written, maybe it's, um, you know, hands-on Yeah. something like that. So, uh, I think it's important to know, survey your team and understand, ask them, mm-hmm. what can we do better? Yeah. Um, and then, and then adapt in how you're doing that. And for us, it was a communication. And that's funny that you ask, you know, how, what communication issues do you have? And it's really perception. So um, we like to offer time for them to talk to. Here's the topic. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Yeah. Versus just, you know, teacher, student. Mm-hmm. And they often come up with all the answers that we were trying to get to anyway. Yeah. Just in a little different of a way. Absolutely. And, and that's great. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. I call that playing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that leadership is a game. And then I think <laughs> that's a great way to play it because mm-hmm. you're allowing them to influence you, which in turn gives you more influence. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. That's so and true. that's what you're true. That's what really what you're trying to do is mm-hmm. influence them more, build the relationship. But it has to be a two way relationship. Yeah. Right. And uh, one of my favorites is when you get you can get a team in a circle, say like a team of 10. And you can like whisper like a sentence that has like a comma oh, in yeah. the first ear, 
and then relay it all the way around. By the time it gets back to you, it will be totally distorted. It's hilarious, right? Oh, yeah. They can be like, the dog walked through the park, and they stopped and got a popsicle, right? And it will be completely different by the time it gets around 10 people. And I do this to uh, to kind of point out our second rule, which is keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Meaning, do they understand? And yep. if they don't, it's the leader's fault. Mm-hmm. And I think those were just a bunch of examples of how you've kind of trial and error different techniques and tactics of how are they understanding, what do they need, morning meeting, an email, a Voxer, a a Slack, whatever it is, all of them, one or two, like what's the formula for your specific team Mm -hmm. so that they understand, they feel heard, Mm -hmm. right? That's a big piece of it. But, you know, a lot of times we, we, we... we experience like I sent the email and they're not doing it. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's still on you. Mm-hmm. If they don't understand, they're not going to do it. Yeah. And you know, if even, in, and then you're talking about questions. I think that is a lost art that leaders don't empower their team to ask questions because they're like so nervous about like, am I going to, mm-hmm. I don't, I, maybe I won't feel good about the feedback. Maybe I won't know the answer to the question or whatever. So, I mean, because when you're, you get to the end of a, a briefing or whatever, right, you explain something, you say, any questions? People aren't going, yeah, I got seven questions, right? They don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, your ability to empower them, where you would kind of explain, like, I almost tell them, like, ask a question. Yep. <laughs> type of a deal. And, I, you know, I think that's a lost art in the, as a leader. Well, just like we want our team to ask questions, right? We want them to be clear on things that they're not clear on. We should be asking them questions mm-hmm. too and uh this might have come from you desi you know at the end of a meeting hey what did you guys hear me say mm. it seems so silly like honestly when you first start saying that you're like it seems silly to ask that question what did you hear me say right like oh you want me to recap it yeah i do because every time they recap it i was like that's what you heard me say no that is the wrong direction i'm really glad i asked that question right mm-hmm. so so by by doing that exercise where after you have a conversation, send an email, whatever it is, you have a meeting. Yep. What did you hear me say? Yeah. It is often very different from what you thought you were saying. Yeah. So then you got to take some more time and, and hash that out. Love it. Call it <laughs> we call it the read back. Okay. Yeah. It's a read back. Um, that's awesome that you practiced that. We talked about it like a year ago. Yeah. And uh, it's, the, it's the simplest test to know was I clear mm-hmm. and I mean probably 50% of the time even on my team it'll be like nope I wasn't clear no I'm so sorry I did a bad job explaining <laughs> that let me try again <laughs> right and it's never like it's not their fault because you're like I, maybe I spoke too loud in right. the beginning or at the end or I used too big of words yep. or too small like right maybe I was too simple maybe but I was that's too a sign complex. of a good leader yeah what did I do wrong bingo not you didn't understand me. Why aren't you listening well? What, how can I ad- adapt how I'm yeah. leading these conversations? Yeah. Do I need to talk, for me, do I need to talk slower? Mm-hmm. Right? Same here, usually. <laughs> I also need to, like, probably prepare a bullet point. Yes. Here's a copy. Yeah. Because I can, I'm can. Uh, I'm good about detailing, and you can get lost. If I sit there and I give you five bullet points, but then I detail each one out with, like, five paragraphs, of course, how are you going to remember all of that yeah. stuff? So, you know, just adapting Absolutely. based on the feedback you're getting from your team. And I think right there, this which is kind of our foundation, is point the thumb, yep. not the finger, right? And I learned that from sports. Mm-hmm. You always want to point the thumb. How is this my fault? Yep. 
right? And because somewhere down in there it is, and you have to believe it. Mm-hmm. We call that absolute accountability. And, and it's the foundation of good leadership is what did I do wrong? I'm sorry, I did a bad mm-hmm. job, right? It completely removes the pressure, right? And I mean, we're, we just had that happen um, the other day with a, like a, a, a big boss honcho and the one below them. And they said, actually, this is on me. And then the big boss honcho said, well, if it's your fault, then it's my fault too. Oh, nice. And now they're like arguing about yeah, whose fault it that's is. That's like, And they're both saying, no, 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 it's my fault. No, no, it's my fault. I'm like, now we're there, yeah. right? Now we're there. That's so good. Um, let's kind of switch, switch pages a bit to productivity and production. You know, you guys said it's busy. There's a lot of energy going on. Talking about what have you found in leadership to be keys in, you know, high production, high productivity, efficiency with effectiveness also. Is Mm -hmm. there any kind of keys or themes that you found in productivity and leadership? I think that first of all, your goals and, and your measurements of those goals need to be super duper clear. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. if they're not clear, like you don't know, did I did I hit the goal or did I not? Mm-hmm. Did I achieve what I wanted? Did I underachieve? Did I overachieve? So I think having measurable, um, you know, goals is important. Whether that's you know revenue, whether that's um, you know a culture metric, something that is measurable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to check in with your team. You have to, you know, your leadership team, you have to keep it top of mind. So you're constantly talking about it Um, daily, weekly check-ins on those measurable points. And, um, and then, you know, your leadership team needs to know, well, if we fall short of this, do I, do they know all the strategies and does your team know how they immediately affect those goals? Right. Um, because it's one thing to you know sit with your team and say, hey guys, our goal today is to um, you know help three new clients or whatever you yeah. know your business is, and they're like, okay, cool, but they're you know they're maybe not directly tied to Correct. to that metric, but there is something that they do that does affect yeah your success in that. So I think every person, no matter what their department, needs to know how they they affect those goals because Mm -hmm. if you're talking about with with them you need to make it make sense for them and you know a lot of you know we talked about different types of people on your team some of your team especially the younger people they want to know that they matter in an organization they want to understand their purpose and um and that is one way that you can help them see the important the value that they bring yeah you know we're talking about goals They, they don't care about numbers and goals but they might care about how their role affects yes. the bigger picture. Yeah. So I think sharing and talking about that um, with the team in a way that um, they immediately affect, you know, yeah. um, what you're you're trying to go for is important. And then leadership needs to know when they fall short, what does leadership need to do for each of those goal points? Yeah, under, understanding very clearly and simply how what is what it is they do say you know with as a clinical assistant in mm-hmm. the chair and how that affects the overall mission of the business yes on a tuesday at two o'clock yes right yes. and i think if you can connect those dots then they see very clearly and they are much more bought in mm-hmm. to what they're currently doing and the bigger mission 
right? And that is an engaged employee that is thriving at work, enjoying what they do. And to me, that makes a happy employee. And what I've found, and I'm sure you have too, <laughs> and it's kind of cliche, but like happy people do better work and they do more of it. Yep. It's, it's, see, I mean, I've tested yeah. a bunch of things, looked at all the data. And they're going to stick around longer. It's expensive to replace staff. You want them to stick around. It's yeah. good for business. It's also good for them. They're going to grow further, you know, yeah. in their careers mm-hmm. if, they, if they stick around. Yeah. Right now, the data shows that if you lose an employee for whatever reason, it costs you about eight to nine months of their salary. Mm, I believe it. And that's a lot of money. Yeah. Right. And I mean, not to mention all of the work you went into training them, mm-hmm. especially if it was, you know, a technical training piece like uh, somebody who's working on somebody's teeth, yeah. you know, and that's an important role and that's a key to your business. So, yeah, that, that, that's huge there of like, are your employees happy? And if not, you know, that is a direct correlation to your leadership. And how are you going to move forward? What are you going to learn from that? And how are you going to, where are you going to go from there? So let's talk about another aspect of leadership because leadership is not just you know delegating driving business success goals all the things that you know we think of right as a manager or leader or whatever in our organization um it's also taking the time a whole lot of time Mm -hmm. to train properly and be there side by side with your team members Mm -hmm. um and make sure that they know their they know their skill set yep they know that we know what makes them happy and help create an environment that makes them happy for the reasons that you just mentioned. Right. And so, um, we really have to slow ourselves down because we got a whole lot on our mind that we want to just be working and and grinding for the business and for, you know, whatever, but we really have to slow ourselves down and, um, make part of our schedule Mm -hmm. training and checking in with people and, all the things that really do require a big chunk of our time. Yeah, I think that's a key there because I think there's two facets to training. I think there's skill set training mm-hmm. and then I think there's people training. So it's like people skills and then like tools, skills, teeth skills, mm-hmm. right? Or whatever the trade may right. be type of a deal. And I think that very quickly we'll do the onboarding in, you know, that skill set, right? Here's how to use the high speed, like yeah. whatever the tools are, right? Yeah. Here's how to nail the roof down doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then once they get that, we say, okay, go to your thing. And then we forget about the people part. Hey, here's how we behave, uh-huh. right? Here's the activity that we do. And then even if we do that and we do that well and we get both pieces, it's still only like a six month thing. And then we say, okay, you know what to do. And I think that sustainment, like sustainability of like, do we always talk about teamwork? Do we all, do we do a training mm-hmm. like about one of our core values once a month? Like, hey, this is a perfect example of this. This is what it means to me. This is the story behind it. Yep. This is us practicing it. Let's role play it, right? And put it to pieces. So I think that sustainability training is so important. And you're saying like the, the regularity of it. I always, you always hear me say, and this is a good one because it's about teeth. You don't, you don't brush your teeth for an hour on Saturday, <laughs> yeah. right? You do it for five minutes a day. Uh-huh. And I think training and meetings and accountability, mm-hmm. all of those things keep engagement really high. Mm-hmm. And they keep those those tools sharp, those skill sets sharp, the people skills and the actual skill set of the employee. And I think that's a key that, uh, that a lot of teams are missing 
of like it should never stop. We're always pushing yeah. people, challenging them, empowering them to get better in all facets of as a human, not just a numbered employee. Right. I think that's key. So we're talking about training, right? Some is skills, some is people, yep. you know, training. Um, and so we, I think it's important in your business to, to understand that, um, you know, you don't want problems to come up. You don't want but they're gonna. customer complaints, patient complaints, whatever. But they will come up. It's yes. inevitable. It's going to come up. And and who is the the direct tie to like if we have a lot of complaints or not a lot of complaints? It's your team. Mm -hmm. They're the ones face to face. Well, at least in, in you know orthodontics with the patient. Yeah. They're the ones answering the phone. Mm -hmm. They're the ones seating the patient. They're the ones spending the most time with them. Yeah. So, but yet they're not the ones hearing the complaint management is or leadership is right. Correct. So, um, there's a term called next issue avoidance. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which we have, we spend a whole lot of time in our business talking about it with our team and we come up with like, what are the common questions we get? What are the common complaints we get? Yep. What are the common feedback we get? And how one, how do we respond to those? But even more importantly, how do we avoid these? Mm -hmm. Cause we know the, it's, it, we know this is going to come up. Yeah. Over and over and over again. How can we avoid these or or get in front of it and communicate it with our clients or our patients differently so that it doesn't? Absolutely. It's not a surprise when it happens or mm -hmm. or whatnot, right? Um, so that's part of training. They yeah. have to know how to prevent problems from coming mm -hmm. before they come, or they need to know when something does come up, how to quickly resolve it and effectively resolve it. Yeah. You so know, because not everyone is good at conflict resolution, problem yeah. resolution. So that is a big part of training. Yeah, I think that's just more of that innovate and adapt. Just staying ahead of the mm -hmm. game. Constantly looking at the things that you're getting, whether feedback from employees and customers, mm -hmm. and saying, how do we learn from this? How do we move forward? How do we avoid this? This has been a problem. It's, it's affecting our customer experience. Yeah. It's affecting our employee experience. <laughs> Let's get after it. What are you, what are your ideas? What are your thoughts? Right? Like I have thoughts, but what are yours? Yep. I want to hear it from all angles because the best idea wins. Mm -hmm. Right? Not my idea wins. The best idea wins, and I think that's a key too. But uh, I love that. So good. Um, la last question. Let me give you a scenario. So we have a brand new leader. Okay. Let's call it a new manager of some sort. They're coming in to any business in any industry, doesn't matter. What is your advice to them? Uh, okay, my advice to them is patience. Okay. You're gonna need a lot of patience. Nothing is gonna happen as quickly or as well mm -hmm. as you expect it to. And it's gonna take a lot of time and training yeah. to get there. Mm -hmm. um, when my other advice would be you might have to say it a hundred times. Yes. And if you just if you just keep that in mind, okay, I've said it once. I don't expect they're gonna do it. I don't it's expect so they're gonna do it well or right or whatever. Here's number two. Yeah. Here's training number three. By a hundred, they're gonna get it really good, yep. right? So if you go into it knowing that, you're gonna relieve, you know, reduce a whole lot of unnecessary stress. Yeah. Because you know, for fast-paced people like you and me, Desi, uh -huh. um you're like, here's the information, go. And, mm -hmm. and initially, before you kind of learn your lessons, you think they're going to just take it and go and they're going to do it well. Yeah. And then when they don't, before you learn your lesson, you're like maybe frustrated or something. Mm -hmm. Well, I would have taken it and gone, yeah, but you're not me. Yep. I'm not you. Yep. So that kind of like 100 time rule. 
Yes. And if they get it before that, awesome. You're pleasantly surprised, yeah, right? When the, when you hear them say it to you, uh-huh. that means you've probably said it a thousand <laughs> times. Right? Yeah. And I say all the time, like this is like our rule number four, inform, update, and clarify. Mm-hmm. And it might be hourly. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, hey, we, we practice kindness yep. here. And you've said it nine times and it's 10, it's 10 a.m. Right? I, like, I never had a problem losing my voice until I became a leader. Yeah. Where every month I would lose my voice mm-hmm. because I was, what's that rule? Inform, update, and clarify. Because I was informing, updating, and clarifying a thousand times yeah. a day to a whole lot of people on my mm-hmm. team. So. And it's, it's like you said, like, <laughs> you are wax. You are wax ortho, right? Or, you know, at least at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it was like, this was just you. Like, yep. you, you didn't think about this. It's just who. And then you had to learn to like, okay, I have to get that into someone else. Yes. And you they have to, to know that. how I think. Which means lots of times. Yes. <laughs> lots and, of times. And that was my leadership style then, and it's still my leadership now. I want everyone, I don't mm-hmm. care if you literally just clean the chair or if you're my right-hand person, mm-hmm. I want you to know everything you possibly can about the business, about our entire operations, about yeah. our patients. Everything I know, I tell them I want you to be mini doctors. Mm-hmm. That takes a whole lot of conversation and training. Unless creating that culture, that family culture. Like, Mm -hmm. we're in this together, not like you're one of my tools. Like, no, no, no. We are in this together, so what do you want to know, right? And how can I help you? I love that And knowledge is powerful, right? Knowledge is powerful. And you want your entire, every team member on your team to be as knowledgeable and powerful Mm -hmm. and effective as possible because you're only as strong as your weakest link right and it's true so we want everyone to be super smart and adaptable and so i think my my advice would be and it's funny because i think it comes from the conversation we had right before we got on air would be to pay close attention Mm -hmm. be very quiet to start and take lots of notes Mm -hmm. and then when it's time when you're asked the question have something to say that's good right and have it backed yeah. By good note taking and good observation, so you can say, "Well, what I've seen is this, mm-hmm. right?" Or even more powerful, here's the ten questions that I have. Yeah. Right, and they're all pretty meaningful questions that take some digging into. I think that would be an excellent piece of advice to learn because I think what we experience all the time is like I remember my dad talking about the young guns coming into General mm. Motors and I got a master's degree so yeah. you guys need to do it this way oh, yeah. and my dad going I've been doing this for 30 years you're not going to come in with your master's degree yep. and say here's how you need to do it right right and I so I just think like check your ego immediately take mm-hmm. a bite of that humble pie before you walk in on yep. you know your first month two three months even you know, before you start to earn that trust, you got to give trust. And I think that's one of the best ways yeah. to do it is to find find ways to uh, empower them to make them feel like they are the superpower because they are. Like you're learning from them. And yeah. I just think that's the key is come in from a learning perspective, not a, I know how to do this, do it this way perspective. I think that is a learned leadership trait mm-hmm. um, that questions, the right questions to your team or whomever are often more powerful than the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, what is it? I think Tony Robbins said, the quality of your life depends on the questions you ask. I believe it. And it's so true because it's like, man, words can be so powerful. If you just put the right set of words in the right order, mm-hmm. that question is like, oh, wow. Yep. That can change everything, you know? So I think that's awesome. Wow. 
That was great. <laughs> so fun. Thanks for coming on with us, Dr. Wax. Um, why don't you let everybody know, where can they find Dr. Wax? Is there a website, the locations? Tell us, like, if they got kiddos okay, or themselves. Yeah. Tell them about it. So adults or kids, anyone, you know, if you if you need your, your smile improved or you have orthodontic problems, uh, Dr. Wax Orthodontics is the place to be. We're in Linden, Flushing, Highland. Just go to waxortho.com. Everything is there for you. You can schedule mm-hmm. right online. And I will also mention we have a second business. We call it our sister company, Evers and Ollie. It's coffee, uh, food, and shopping in downtown Flushing, but everything's online as well. Eversandolly.com, named after my kids, Everly and Oliver. Love it. So good. Go check her out. The best, absolute best customer experience around in the industry. Hands down, I hope so because I tried to help with that <laughs> and I think we made a little bit of an impact here. And yep. uh, hey, if you like this, uh, you know, like it, share it, review it. We appreciate you guys. We don't run ads on here or anything, so we rely heavily on word of mouth and you guys sharing it. So, you know, if there's an orthodontist that you know, share this with them. It might be of value to a new leader or whatever you may be, but we appreciate that. And thank you very much. We are out.